Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. We're going to have a very special guest today and a wonderful friend of mine, Byron Katie. Now, I want to tell you folks out there, I know you. some of you are very, very newly bereaved, and this may be a show that you're not quite ready for yet in your life. But what I'm hoping is that you'll be able to listen in, and you know all of our shows are archived, and you'll go back and be able to uh, listen to this show again and learn more about what is called the work of Byron Katie. This work is really about um, an introspection and looking at your life and looking at the people, particularly for we folks that have lost kids, that you're feeling angry with where you're stuck and you're ready to go beyond that. For some of you now, you may be in shock, you're newly bereaved, and as I said, this show may be a show that you'll just listen to today and kind of put in your memory banks so that you'll be able to go back to and listen to it another time when you're ready to look at some of the anger, some of the hurt, some of the pain that you've got in your life. Well, Heidi, would you like to introduce our guest today? Sure, I'd be honored to. Um, today our topic is Loving What Is, and our guest is Byron Kathleen Reed. Byron Katie was a businesswoman and mother living in the high desert of Southern California when she became severely depressed. Katie spent almost two years seldom able to leave her bed obsessing over suicide. Then one morning, from the depths of despair, she experienced a life-changing realization. In a flash of insight, Katie saw that her attempts to find happiness were backward. Instead of hopelessly trying to change the world to match her thoughts, she questioned her thoughts and moved forward into reality, experiencing unimaginable freedom and joy. On this show, Katie will share with us her simple yet powerful method of inquiry called The Work. Welcome to the show, Byron Katie. Thank you. It's so my privilege to be here with you both today. It's so great to have you on, Katie, and uh, the work's been so important in my life. Uh, you know, Scott was killed, what, 23 years ago, and uh, uh, the work has been very, very helpful for me, and I'm sure I'm, it will be for all of our guests. Well, that would be a wonderful thing. You know, freedom from pain and suffering is a wonderful thing because it's in that place that love happens without the interruption of sadness and bereavement and and in pain, and um, it's a place we all want to live, and in my experience, possible. Absolutely. That's a, such a wonderful thought that it is actually possible to live there. Well, Katie, um, I thought we're going to kind of take a, a we'll look at the work, and I wanted to have you talk about your idea of people's business. Whose business is it? Well, you know, um, as... Um, as Heidi was introducing me, you know, I was so aware of it as I listened to her, um, how I had three children, and in my mind, I was killing them over and over and over, you know, the affection that I held for them and the love I held for them through my judgments. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. measuring up, they weren't doing this, they weren't doing that, they should do this differently, that differently, and... Um, and it, it was as though I was keeping them so far away from me through those thoughts and, and actions that, that I was living out as just, you know, a loving mother. Now, is that what you're talking about when you say about living in reality? Yes. When I found the work, 
In other words, when I began to understand that I could question my mind and free myself, actually, I got my children back. Mm-hmm. And I've come to see that, that, um, that, I don't know, we'll see what we see, but you know, let's go to the three kinds of business. Okay. So I talk about the three kinds of business because as I sat still one day, that's all I could find. You know, what is my business is what I was looking for. But I found three, my business, your business, God's business, and that would be the God of your understanding. And so I came to see that my children were running their lives, and I was mentally running their life, even when they were at school and I was home. So... So there were two of us running their lives over there, and there was no one running my life. Mm -hmm. So it's as though I was a sleepwalker. And I invite people when they feel lonely to ask themselves, whose business are you in mentally? And it can bring you right back to what you just uh, said, Gloria, reality the grace of right here, right now, and what we do have. So when you're when you're have. when you're saying you're feeling lonely, you're thinking that other people should be with you. Absolutely, absolutely. It's on. You know, my my. Yes. So you're in their business. Yes, I love that. I think and sometimes it's easier to be in other people's business because then you don't have to look at what what's going on with yourself. You know, Heidi, I so agree with you. It's like if, as long as I am mentally in their business, you know, I don't have to take care of my own. Now, what would happen if I began to take care of my own? Oh, my goodness. You know, that's, which is what I eventually did when I noticed because, you know, it's a full-time job when you're working on yourself. And um, I stopped running the world and stop running God's business. Yeah, tell, who, what is God's business, Katie? You know, it's, it's what is. It's death. It is the actions of other people. It's the rain. It's the, it's the sunshine and, and the clouds and the sky and the flowers. And, again, other people and their actions. So if I said to myself, Scott shouldn't have died, that might be God's business. Well, you know, I would drop the might be. Mm-hmm. You know, ah. there's, you know, that was not in your hands. Right. Mm-hmm. It was not in your hands. And so sometimes you, we rework it to be try to get it back in our hands. If I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done that, then okay. he wouldn't have now, died. Now that that is, you know, I call that God's business because it's the past. And when I look, when I look to myself, and and I I. I really sit with it. I can see that I was doing the best that I could do, and this is very important for people to hear. There's so much freedom in it. But as I really sit with, I was doing the best that I could do when I consider what I was thinking and believing Mm -hmm. in the moment. Now let's uh, go to the four questions that I would ask if you would ask me or whatever. If I said to you, if I hadn't let, if I had let Scott take my car, his cousin wouldn't have been driving and he wouldn't have been killed. Okay, and I would say, is that true? Can you absolutely know that he wouldn't have been killed if you had said no? Um, you know, I want to think that that you know that he could have, that there could have been some way, but no, I couldn't have known he. 
he could have been killed some other way. I don't know. No, and, and what are you going to do? Lock him up forever with no car keys? Eventually, they're going to get the keys. <laughs> they will leave the house, get a job, get the keys. Mm-hmm. So how do you react? The third question is how do you react when you believe that thought, when you think that thought? How do you react? I'm angry at myself because I should have let him take the car. Yes. My car, and he should have been the driver. And also, Gloria, what images do you see? We're looking at how the mind works. It's how do you feel when you think that thought and what happens. Look at the images you see. Don't you see pictures of you stopping him doing it differently over and over? Mm-hmm. And then feeling my whole body getting crunched in and, and, and my chest. And... and that's where the sadness begins. Mm-hmm. And that's where the depression begins. It's from these images. It's like they die once. But we kill them through these in, in, in our minds over and over and over and over. And I have a term for it. It's called hell. And it feels like there is no way out. And the images keep us locked in it. That's how we're, you know, it's, it's like being stuck in hell. And only people like you that have suffered the loss of a child know, um, know how, how, oh my gosh, what are the, how painful that is. Yeah, how utterly painful. Uh, what about a turnaround, Katie? Um, I'm angry at my, uh, uh, let's see, I'm angry at myself because I didn't let Scott take my car. Okay, so, so before we move to that, let's look at the fourth question. Who would you be without that thought? Like living your everyday life, don't change anything. This isn't, this is these four questions. There are no tricks to them. This is the real deal. It's as genuine as we are. So who would you be living your life, Gloria, without the thought, without that thought? I shouldn't have given them this. I would just be happy and, and me and mother of my other children and women sitting or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and functioning and being there for the others. And, and when, when the images of Scott hit your, your head, and then it hits your heart. Right. You're not in this place of, I could have done something differently. And so you get to experience him in, in that wonderful way all the days of your life. So now we were heading to the turnaround. Yes. We talked about the four questions for those that you were just tuning in. Now let's, let's walk through them again, Gloria. The okay. first one is, is it true? The second one is, can you absolutely know that it's true? And, of course, we're putting these up against the stressful thought you're believing. Right. The third question, how do you react when you believe that thought? And the thought was uh, that we had before break was that uh, I'm angry at myself because if I had let Scott take my car, his, co- my, his cousin wouldn't have been driving and they wouldn't have been killed. And then um, the fourth question, who would you be without that thought? Yeah. And then the invitation to, to turn that thought around. So if I hadn't, and Gloria, how would you turn your your concept around this, this concept that so tortures that tortures so many of us? We can so I can so relate to it. Right. Let's see. Um, my thought was, if I had given the uh, let Scott get, drive the car, he wouldn't have been killed. Um, I don't know. How would I turn that around? <laughs> Well, if, if I, had, I had not let Scott drive the car, he could have been killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, no. if, Scott, had, if Scott had taken the car, he could have been killed. 
Yeah. Oh, that's one for me, Katie, because it was a very rainy night, and I don't really blame his cousin. Maybe he would have been killed in a worse way. He, he, no, honey, he, that's so true. We don't know. I mean, he, he died very quickly. Yeah, and we don't know. We don't know. Now, Gloria, so, you know, this is, as you are familiar with, it's very deep work. And yes. it's it's, you know, to find examples of why... Would the universe do that if the universe is kind? Why would that happen? And this really takes, uh, you know, for your listeners, a very open mind, and it's, it, it's, um, it's quite an exploration. But if the universe is kind, and I've come to see that that is absolutely so, and the, the reason I know that it is so is that any, anything that I think that is negative, any thought any negative thought I think about the universe feels like stress. And that's the war with reality. It's the war with what is. It's the war with God. So if we, if we look at it, Gloria, if the universe is kind, give me three reasons why the universe would take Scott. Mm-hmm. Why is your life better? Why are, uh, is, the, is the life of the world better off? Why is... You know, to open the mind to something, you know, entirely different, and and see what see what's there. If the universe is kind, but but I, I maybe I'm confused. What if you don't think at this point you don't think the universe is kind? You absolutely don't think the universe okay. is kind. You know, they have taken. You know, the universe mm-hmm. has taken what you love and cherish, apparently for no reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it feels like a punishment. In fact, some of us are positive as a punishment that this is, this is hell. And if the universe is kind, and again, I have come to see that that's true. You know, give me an example of why, why that would happen if the universe is kind. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess I could think that maybe he'd finish his work here. That's one. You know, for him, that could be old age. You know, he lived a full life. If a baby dies, you know, at let's let's say at birth or a month old or a year old, you know, that is not full life as we have come to understand it, but it is their full life. They lived a full life, and we don't have to believe it. It just is the way of it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we imagine they're going to hopefully outlive us. We imagine they're going to live, and we imagine them grown up. And, and you know, it's all our imagination, and it is interfered with in the face of reality. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've come to see that even sadness is the war with what is. It's a tantrum. Like children, we are arguing with what is. And this is, um, these, you know, this could sound very, very rough, but I've come to see that until I understand what's going on, really going on, there is no rest. Hmm. So you found one, and I hmm. find that, um, I find that courageous beyond what we know that human can, beings can even step into. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I, I was thinking, work. had Scott driven, he could have lived and his cousin could have died. He could have been brain damaged. Um, I don't know. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, consider that, you know, and look what Scott would be living with. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you're living with, only he would be the driver. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, we look at that, and it's, it's like wishing or, you know, our way and God's way. And it looks like our way would be uh, much crueler when we are much more cruel as we sit in that and look at it. That's an interesting thought that it could have been crueler, isn't it, Heidi? Yeah, it is. And, and in thinking about this, I'm thinking it's a little scary to give up these stories and the pain because I feel like our stories and our pain connect us with they people do. that we love that have died. Yeah, they so do connect us. But, you know, I've found a, a more powerful way to connect, and that is to, to, like you, Gloria, to have lost a child and to know the pain of that and to come through the freedom of that, you know, into freedom from that, and to be able to, and, and you, Heidi, that was your brother, mm-hmm. to be able to, to share with other people that there is a way and that you've found it. And, you know, if, if I were your child, and and that's what I came for, and I could gift both of you with that. It would be worth my death. I would have lived to, you know, that's greatness. That is, you know, dying for something beyond what you can know and are just beginning to step into as parents and siblings, and and that's quite grand. It's it's what Gandhi talked about and Jesus talked about. And um, it's actually being lived out. That's incredible to think of what they came for. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's, yeah, let's stop and consider them. Yeah, that's interesting because we do not, yes. Mm-hmm. Heidi, why don't you give Katie your statement that you had? Okay, should I do that now? Okay. Um, let's see. So I guess everyone that's listened to the show knows my issues, and I think... <laughs> My biggest issue is that I am angry with my family and society because I feel like my sibling loss was minimized and unrecognized, not only because I'm a sibling, and I think siblings feel this way often, but also because I was not living with my brother in the same house when he died. I was away at college. Yeah. So I felt like people didn't feel like it was a very significant loss for me. Yeah. So, sweetheart, people... people what is it they they really didn't acknowledge your grief? Um, they, I didn't get any condolence cards when they would find out that I had a brother died. The first statement they would, would make was, that must be really hard for your parents. How horrible for your parents to lose a child. Um, what are they, they must be in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, so, so people um, didn't consider your grief. No, they didn't acknowledge they, it at all. So let's look at that. People didn't acknowledge your grief. Is that true? Can you absolutely know that that's true? Well, they they may have acknowledged it, but they didn't say anything. Yeah, they didn't say anything. Uh, That's true. That's truer. And they didn't acknowledge your grief. Can you absolutely know that that's true? You know, can we know another person's heart or mind or, or, you know, where they're coming from? No. No, we just can't. So how does it feel when you think that thought? How do you react when you think the thought? They don't they didn't acknowledge my grief. When I think that they didn't acknowledge it, I get angry, but when I think that possibly they may have acknowledged it and not said anything, 
I actually feel comforted by that. Yeah. So you've just answered the fourth question. Who would you be without that thought? Who would you be in your life as people handed you the cards to give to your parents as they they said pass on um, their condolences to your parents and it appeared they were leaving you out? Who would you be without the thought they're not acknowledging my grief? And you just close your eyes and, and just look at you accepting all of those condolences for your parents without your story that I need to be acknowledged. They're not acknowledging me. And look into their face and their eyes and, and drop your story and just, just look. Look at them. Look at their eyes. Look at their face. Look at them with the thought that I'm. They they might with no be acknowledging no, it. Just drop drop the thought. They're not acknowledging. Drop my the grief. thought. I I feel less angry about it. Yeah. And you know, Heidi, as as I was asking you that question, I'm always doing my own work, but I could see their face and eyes, and maybe respecting your youth to their mind and how fragile you might be. Mm-hmm. to even bring you up. You know, how your pain could frighten a lot of people. You know, our horror and nightmare is that we're going to lose a child. Mm-hmm. Right now we have a caller, Carl McDonald. Hi, Carl. Hi, Hi Carl. Gloria. Hi, hey. Carl. Thanks for calling in. My pleasure. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. Let me give you a little background on Carl. Carl was, um, uh, what was your title in your previous life as a police officer, Carl? Uh, yeah, I was a lieutenant with the Wyoming State Highway Patrol. Right, and uh, now he is with Mad Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And what's your title? Uh, I have since retired with, uh, from law enforcement. I am the, now the National Law Enforcement Initiative Coordinator for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, well, okay. Could you give us a little background on uh, Carly, and then uh, you've got a question for Katie. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately uh, a little over seven years ago, uh, my uh, only child, Carly, uh, at the age of five, was was killed in an alcohol-related collision. Um, I was at the time a, a state trooper, a supervisor of of other troopers in uh, in Wyoming, and um, obviously had invested a, uh, quite a career in this. Uh, the driver at fault, the person that killed my child, was my ex-wife at the time. This was during a holiday visitation. Um, and obviously there is an awful lot of baggage that comes with this you know, horrendous event. You know, Carl, I hear you say, my ex-wife killed my child. And, and, and as I heard that, you know, it just popped out. So, would you um, are you open to experiencing the work on that com- on that concept? Sure. <clears throat> so she killed your child. Is that true? That's true. She killed your child. Can you absolutely know that it's true that she killed your child? Oh yes. And how do you react when you believe that thought? How do you react when you think that thought? And we're looking at stressful thoughts, Carl, because you've come a long way in healing. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at stressful thoughts. So 
What happens when you believe the thought, my ex-wife killed my daughter, killed my child? Those are, those are tough words that I, uh, that I, that I have to speak in order to explain the situation. Yeah. And, and I, I know those words carry shock to others. Um, that's like dropping a bomb on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I was feeling. After, after, uh, all these years, I would, I would, uh, like to think that I've, I've done, the heavy lifting, the hard work, and um, have have worked very hard in, in in working with myself so that I do not carry resentment. But I have to say that that I'm still angry with her. You know, Carl, I wanted to, to say something really quickly because I know you and you have really are such a sweet person. I was just thinking when you say those words, they drop a bomb on you. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so Carl, you're 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 sitting, you know, you're sitting at home in your favorite chair. It's a beautiful day. The sun's shining. You can see the flowers through the window. It's lovely. And all of a sudden, the thought hits. It disturbs all of the peace that you were experiencing. It was a state of grace. The thought hits. My ex-wife killed my daughter. What happens in that moment? What I, happens I, to your body? What happens to your mind? I I I have to tell you that I that I lock up and um, physically um, convulse a little bit and and have to um, walk back through those their 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 flash memories that are there. Exactly ab- the image about my um, my notification. There are flash memories there about uh, seeing my little girl. In a casket, um, same joke. Those those things are are the the haunts that I live with these days. Yes, yes. That's how you react when you think that thought. It's not right or wrong. We're just looking at cause and effect here. Internal cause and effect. Now, you know, some of us we have other children, other people in our life, and I don't know about you, but how do I react when I believe that thought and those convulsions that, that, that hits and those images come and our other child walks into the room or our partner walks into the room? And what happens when we're in that state? How do we react toward them? And then how do we approach other people when we're experiencing that? You know, what do we put into the world and, and continue to 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 pass on. So so Carl, you're sitting in your favorite chair. It's a beautiful day. Who would you be without the thought my wife killed my daughter? What would I do without that thought? Yes. Yes. In in that it, moment it's, it's, would you in that moment who would you be without that thought? I would I would not be the person I am today. Um, no, I'm talking and, about just sitting in that chair in that moment. No future, not just in that moment. With the thought, we see what happens. In that state of grace, on a beautiful day, alone, we see who you are with it. Now, who would you be without the thought? Sitting in the same, in the same place, in the same moment. 
I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Well, who were you before the thought on this beautiful day? You know, I invite you to sit with this later, get very still with it. With the thought, it's, it's like hell. Without the thought, we're open to what is. Yes. We're open to the flowers and the sky, and also we're open to the creative mind that, that moves into how can I help? And the way that we help is, you know, at this, at the fullest is when we're living in a state of gratitude. And, and when we're serving others, there's a lot of that. And I know that, that you have a lot of that in your life. Just, just who would retire to something like this? A kind heart. <laughs> oh my. Okay. So, so Carl, let's turn it around. My ex-wife killed my daughter. What is the opposite of that? Um, hmm. The opposite of that. Yes. My ex-wife killed. What is the opposite of that? Um, my... The the opposite of that would be my ex-wife loved my daughter. Is, is that where we're headed, or you know, it's what I do with this work is I do it just hardcore, straight up. My ex-wife didn't kill my daughter. Okay. And then I find at least three examples as I sit in the silence, ways that that is as true or truer examples of that being as true or true. Do you think she would have killed your daughter on purpose? No. That's one. You know, it's, 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 it's like allow your mind to travel. What's another example of how she did not kill your daughter or, or, or some, some, you know, find a way and some peace in these examples. And, Carl, I, found if, I find if I can find one, I can find two. If I find two, I can find three. If I find three, eventually I am moving into, you know, that is not my daughter. That is, was that your daughter and her daughter? That's correct. Okay, that was not my daughter. That was our daughter. I, maybe you haven't had a chance to grieve with her. Maybe you, maybe you haven't just held her and comforted her. One minute. Maybe, you know, you're comforting the rest of the mothers, and what about her? You know, this, this, it's not done until it's done. And then there's another turnaround. And in the interest of time, I'll move to it very quickly. I kill my daughter. And then you think, Carl, of how many times you see her dead over and over and over in your mind where, where, she was killed once. You've killed her thousands and thousands of times in your head. You know, I want my daughter to live. Turn around. You know, let her live. Before uh, Katie and Carl um, start up again, I wanted to say, get some things in. Uh, you can go on the Internet and uh, look up Katie, the work of Byron Katie. Katie speaks all over the world. She does these wonderful workshops. She goes places free. Yeah, she goes to churches. She goes everywhere. She works in the prisons. Uh, she has wonderful books out, um, lots of information. She'll be in your neighborhood. 
um, I would highly suggest that you go to one of her. She does a cleanse in January. I mean, it's just on and on, the wonderful work that she has brought to the world. And it's very accessible. There are people who would work with you if you go to her website. And so please, if there's something that comes up for you today, please go to the uh, Byron Katie's workshop or get in touch with us. Uh, go to her on the Internet, the work of Byron Katie. Katie, do you want to say anything more about that? Well, just thework.com or byronkatie.com, and we do have people 24 hours a day to work with you at no charge. And um, and when you call them, you're serving them, and they're wonderful facilitators. And and um, and I'm I'm very happy that, that that's out there for people who who um, may want to question their thoughts around their the death of their children and siblings. Absolutely. And, and Carl, yeah. you're... Go ahead. Go ahead. Carl, you're, you know, you're, you're... I just wanted to say, excuse me, in case people are just tuning in, Carl McDonald's on, and he is talking about the death of his daughter, Carly, in a DWI accident where his ex-wife was uh, driving the car and Katie's working with him. And Carl, when, when, when you have the thought, you know, I want my daughter to live, in that moment... Don't you see her precious little face, you know, and allow her to live in your heart. You had five years with her and, you know, open your mind to that rather than, than in a casket and, and dead, you know, in, in a car and, and to, you know, you can smell her and, and you, you know, it's so familiar and allow all of that back. So, you know, I like to say, Carl, that no one can leave me. They don't have that power because my heart is open. But when I'm in resentment, I don't have the privilege of that full visitation. And as I think of my children now, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, you know, I don't know if they're dead or alive in this moment, but my heart is open to, to, you know, the, the visit that I'm experiencing right now. I, I have, uh, I have to say that it's a little bit, uh, it's like going two differently distinct places. Uh, and so that that's why it becomes a, a, for me to address the situation and tell people that my ex-wife killed my child, um, to drop that bomb, to allow that to escape my lips, places me into this other world. And um, I... I much prefer to live in a world where I am comforted by my memories, by my my parenting, by my yes. partnership and my love with this child. Yes, yes. yes. Um, it's take it. It takes a lot of work to get there, um, and I'm I'm still endeavoring to do that. Well, you know, it, it's it's like how would you how would you deal with Heidi if she were sad and bereft? You know, and you know, turn it around and give that to you. You know, you, you mentioned the word parenting. You know, parent yourself beyond grief so that you can help us with ours. You know, because we're all children as, as, as long as we're at war with what is. It's, um, it's an immaturity to argue with, with something that we constantly, when we constantly lose that battle. You know, I say what is, is but only because it is. And what is, is the story of a past. And what I love about the past is it's over. And it leaves me educated 
to see what can I do from right here, right now, how can I help? And that, what little I know about you, Carl, that's what your life's about. But, you know, bereavement, you know, sadness teaches sadness, and joy teaches joy. And, and I have found in my life I can do both, but out of my joy and clarity, I can, I'm much more effective. I'm much more effective as I'm working with people who are grieving. And, 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 and of course, um, that's where we all want to be. Yeah. And, Katie, I know this might sound kind of crazy, but you were asking, Carl, what is the opposite of your ex-wife killed your daughter? And I'm thinking the opposite of that for me was your ex-wife gave your daughter life. She brought her into the world. Oh, my goodness. So that oh, you wow. could enjoy her for five years. Oh, my goodness. Have you thanked her for that lately? I, I have not gone there, no. Oh, oh my goodness. That is, that's an amazing turnaround. Yeah, very Well, honey, she did, and and that is, that also is a reality. All right. Carl, I want to thank you for calling into the show. Uh, It's been so wonderful. And uh, would you tell our audience, how long has it been uh, since Carly died? Um, um, It'll be coming up on eight years this this morning. Okay, because what I wanted our audience to know, and I know you know that and I know that, is that don't get discouraged if it's in your first few days or weeks or whatever. It's been a long trip, hasn't it, Carl? It has been a long trip, but there's uh, there is uh, a lot of beautiful sunsets and sunrises along the way. Great, yeah. Oh, thanks so much for being on Carl, the show. Carl, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. Thank, Thank you for your open mind, your open heart. And you can stay on and we'll chat with you after the show if you'd like. Katie, um, did you have anything more you wanted to say to our audience before we close our show? Well, just that um, freedom is possible and, um, and you know, freedom from suffering is possible and to question your stressful thoughts. You know, the work is a way to identify and question the thoughts that are causing all of the pain and suffering and violence in this world, and I invite everyone to it. Oh, thank you, Katie, and thanks so much for being on the show. It's really been wonderful, hasn't it, Heidi? It's been incredible. Thank you very much. You're so welcome, you two. You're, you're, you're amazing, and it's a privilege. And our family's heard so much about you, haven't they, Heidi? Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're, we're friends. <laughs> oh, I hope to see you again soon, Katie. Thank you, Gloria, and I love seeing you. And, you know, we met in that elevator in New York. Right. It was like heaven, and, <laughs> and I love you, Gloria. I love you, too. It's so lovely to meet you, Heidi. You, too, Katie. Thank you so much, and thank you for bringing peace to so many through the work you do. Absolutely. So it's time to close our show now. We want to thank our guest, Byron Katie. Uh, her new book is uh, going to be Loving What Is with her co-author, Stephen Mitchell, and you can go on www.isitthework.org, Katie. Or yeah, you know, A Thousand Names for Joy is coming out. People can pre-order oh, okay. on Amazon now. Oh, okay, A Thousand yeah. Names for Joy, great. And I invite everyone to do that. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.